Welcome listeners to the Dr. Doom podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Doom. Um, Today I'm going to talk about some of the more expensive medical mistakes I've made and I've seen other people make. And uh, maybe we'll talk about uh, one of the worst insults I've ever gotten from a patient, which was quite funny. And uh, I'll talk about my life failure. Um of uh, being an overreactive moron who couldn't diagnose his own medical issue. So um, let's start with a story. Uh, We'll go back to when I was a medical student. I had expressed an interest in radiology. And uh, along with all those core rotations you have to do in your uh, second half of medical school, you get to do a few electives. And one of the electives I got to do was uh, interventional radiology elective. And... um, that that's basically where you go in and do the procedural side of radiology and uh the hospital where i was doing this elective had just started doing a procedure called uh, aortic endograft and we've talked about this before but an aortic endograft is basically a big fabric coated stent that you can insert via the groin by both groins really and it kind of you have to build it up into basically like a pair of pants that kind of come down the aorta the big artery that comes down from your uh from your heart and uh and then it has to go down both the iliac arteries which are the you know they're up sort of behind your belly button is where they branch off but then they go down your legs and the idea is that when somebody has an aneurysm in their aorta the graft covers the inside of the wall of the aorta and then it prevents it from rupturing it takes pressure off the aneurysm so it, side note interestingly albert einstein died of a ruptured aortic aneurysm anyway um so we were, uh, you know, they were kind of talking me through the procedure and stuff. And, uh, and the hospital where I was doing it wasn't the main teaching hospital. And they were kind of excited to have a medical student who was interested. So, you know, they had me scrub in and work with them. And everything was going quite well. Uh, the first hour and a half, like this was a fairly new procedure at the time. The first hour and a half of uh, the procedure went well. And we got the main body of the thing in. And this was, uh, at the time, they were all sort of custom ordered for the patient's anatomy. And uh, so they showed me how to prep one of the limbs, uh, like the contralateral limb. So the the pant leg that goes up the other side from the main body. And uh, and they said, okay, now just bring it over um, to the, uh, bring it over to the main table. And so people kind of got out of the way and I lifted the thing up. Now, um, they have something called a hydrophilic coating on the outside of the sheath that these things are delivered by. And that just means that, uh, they slip easily through a blood vessel. Like it's, it's hydro hydrophilic means it attracts water. Right. So, um, so I was, uh, you know, holding onto this thing for dear life. But, uh, when I turned, I somehow hit the nurse in the elbow with the point of the, uh, of the endograft, like you had to do, you had to turn like a 180 from the table and then present the endograft up on the table. And when I hit her on the elbow, I don't know how it happened, but the thing watermelon seeded out of my hand and one end dropped down onto the ground. <laughs> so it was garbage. You couldn't use it again. And I thought, I didn't realize how big a deal it was at the time. Like I, I was like, oh shoot. Um, sorry guys. And then every, the room just went quiet, including the anesthesiologist. And they were like, well, I guess we'll uh, have to order a new limb and we'll stop the procedure here for now. 
<laughs> to close up. <laughs> There's like surgeons uh, involved, you know, they opened the groins and stuff. They had to close them back. <laughs> did the procedure prematurely. We had to go back in like two days later, not with me in the room and uh, put the other side in. Um, and this, it, it was because it was a custom graft. Now, nowadays we keep uh, some stock on the shelves. So if you drop something, uh, you can always just grab the next best thing and, and use that. But uh, back in those days, it was apparently a pretty significant uh, big deal. Um, afterwards, I kind of was talking about this story with uh, one of the guys that I had been doing it with. And he was like, yeah, that part was like, I think it was like $10,000. <laughs> I don't know. They don't cost that much now, but back then it was, uh, or or maybe it was, maybe they still had the, maybe they still work the way they do now, but they, this was a custom craft for whatever reason. I honestly, I didn't even understand half of what we were doing at the time. So it's hard to, hard to know for sure. But, but uh, yeah, I was not a popular um, medical student having to like <laughs> wake a patient up and tell them, yeah, your procedure's not quite finished. Um, and then costing that much money. So, so, you know, that was my, that was my screw up. The, um, the other one, the big one that I saw, I was doing anesthesia and, uh, I was in medical school again, and that's a great rotation. If you're a medical student, you're looking for electives to do because you get to start a lot of IVs and you get to intubate patients when they're like in a controlled environment so that later when you're running codes, you know what you're doing. Um, but I, I was on the anesthesia side of the table, so this one wasn't me directly, but it was a classmate of mine who was doing orthopedic surgery. And um, it was her first day uh, in an OR environment. And it was, <laughs> I don't want to embarrass the person. They'll never listen to this anyway. But um, this was a person who uh, dressed to the nines every day, always had hair done, you know, like perfectly, always wore makeup and uh, high-heeled shoes and everything else. So initially, when she came into the OR, she was wearing high-heeled shoes with these little paper booties over them. And she was like click-clacking into the OR and doing the Bambi legs because her shoe kept slipping on the paper booty. It was, uh, so they were like, you can't, you can't wear those in here. <laughs> You're going to have to go change. <laughs> and she, she was very depressed about having to wear sneakers uh, during the uh, procedure. Um, but then she came back, I think she actually went home and then came back that afternoon and, uh, and she went into a case and there was like an artificial hip. It was a hip replacement. So there was the uh, metallic like prosthesis was out on the table and she wasn't scrubbed or anything yet. And she picked it up and started looking at it and they were like, well, I guess, um, I guess we're canceling this procedure <laughs> to autoclave the thing, <laughs> like reprep everything. Um, yeah, so you can't touch stuff when you're not sterile. Um, otherwise, patients die. <laughs> so there, there's the uh, there's the other expensive uh, folly I've borne witness to. story about um, the most cutting insult I've ever received from a patient. Um, a lot of our patients, uh, 
the town that I work in is a little bit rough around the edges and we have a lot of uh, drug issues. So we deal with a lot of uh, endocarditis patients and those are people, often IV drug users who sort of inject um, in a non-sterile way and then the valve in their heart can get infected and then little pieces of infection break off the valve in your heart and they go out to your lungs and you get these like rip-roaring septic emboli and massive pneumonia cases and these people are often really sick and sometimes they're just confused because they're sick and sometimes they're just nasty because life has dealt them lemons uh, for so long but i've had people spit on me um and the first covid patient i ever worked on spit on me uh, during the case because i uh, wouldn't give them narcotics um and it was like a you know starting an iv it was like a minor procedure and they wanted narcotics for it um but uh but the the most cutting insult i've ever had was uh, a procedure that's very innocuous it was a pick line so pick line is like a fancy iv it's kind of long and it can it goes in through a vein in your arm and uh and it sits up just above your heart and it, you can keep them in for months like six months at a time if you need to so that people can get iv antibiotics or they can get iv medications or they can be fed through the iv even without um you know without losing your venous access or scarring down a small peripheral vein kind of thing so it's a really handy procedure. And really the only part of it that hurts is that we freeze your skin beforehand. Um, and so, you know, if you've been to the dentist and you've had freezing, you know, it stings. It's, it's not a pleasant sensation, but it's not the worst thing in the world by any means. Anyway, so we were doing um, a pick line on an old German guy. He was probably, I think he had been born in the 1920s. So this was obviously a few years ago he's he's not 110 years old but um but he would have been around for world war ii and uh and obviously he was german and uh so he he was a little bit confused well he was a lot confused and um pick lines most people don't tend to mind them or whatever but uh when we were when we had him on the table he was already yelling at me um you know he had some dementia issues, but he was yelling at me, you know, calling me, um, you know, some, some names that I won't repeat. But, uh, when I went to give him the freezing and normally I would say, look, if you don't want this done, you can't, that's fine. We'll just stop. <laughs> but you know, sometimes people get confused and then they get mad because he didn't do it or whatever. So he needed, I, I, if I remember correctly, it was for antibiotics or something. Anyway, so I, I came with the freezing needle. I hadn't even given him any freezing yet. And he said, uh, this is completely horrible. I said, oh, listen, you know, it's just a little bit of freezing. I, we, I said, my last patient was a kid and they did fine. It won't hurt, I promise. He said, yeah, your promises mean nothing. You are worse than Adolf Hitler. And I was there. <laughs> I said, okay. We're just going to stop. <laughs> I just left. <laughs> the, nurse, the nurses afterwards were like, so what do we do with the guy? I was like, I don't know. But if he thinks I'm worse than Hitler because I'm putting in a pick line, he obviously doesn't want it. Um, maybe talk to his family. Um, he ended up coming down for the next person. Sweet as pie. Just... <laughs> but but uh, he was there. He met Hitler. And I'm worse. Oh.
last story for today is about my failure at self-diagnosis. When I was, um, I was working as a staff person, I was early on in my career. I have a very low pain tolerance, by the way. <laughs> so um, I had started uh, running. I was training to run a uh, half marathon and I was working out quite a bit um, as well. And it was coming on that time of the year when uh, it was starting to get warm. The UV index was starting to go up, that kind of thing. And I had done a uh, five mile, no, a nine mile training run um, the day before. And when I woke up, uh, I had this tremendous, like this sharp pain in my eye. And there was a strip of red skin going like from my eye back over my ear and over my scalp and everything I touched was painful just in that little strip and I thought oh god I'm getting shingles <laughs> and it was it was painful like my eye was really sore but um the skin was kind of painful and stuff and, and shingles, you know, like when it comes out, like it hurts before you start seeing the rash. So just cause there was this little bit of pinkness, I was like, okay, I'm getting shingles. But as the day went on, um, my eye pain was getting worse and worse to the point that I was like, okay, well I need to, I need to see somebody about this. So I called uh, for a doctor's appointment. Uh, look, this is not anything against my physician, but, uh, they're busy. Um, but my family doctor couldn't see me for four weeks. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, so what I figured I would do is that I would get a eye patch because even just like trying to focus my eye was, was painful. And, um, and it was getting like weepy and, and nasty looking. The stuff on my skin was kind of not great, but it was it, it was maybe getting a little bit better, but my eye was becoming a real problem. And so I, uh, I wore this eye patch to work for like three days in a row thinking, okay, well, it, it makes the pain a little bit more bearable. But the problem was the eye patch, like after half an hour or so of wearing it, it would somehow like it would pop like one of those little poppers that kids put on a, you know, they put on the table. It's like got a inverse suction cup. And after a certain amount of time, it pops and the thing jumps the eye patch was like that only in reverse it would like pop inward just randomly and hit me in the eye and, and <laughs> kind of moan and and feel sorry for myself and then fix it and go back to work so i did this for three days in a row and finally somebody said uh look what is going on with your eye i said i, I think i have shingles i you know had this pain in my skin my head was red everything else they said you got to go see somebody this is ridiculous so I went over to the Emerge and, and thinking I would just get, you know, antivirals or whatever. And I waited to be seen in Emerge. And then, uh, you know, several hours later, one of the Emerge docs came, you know, what's, what's seems to be the problem. I said, well, I've got, I, I've got shingles. It's in my eye. It's really painful. I'm going to have to, I don't know what I, what I need to do, but I probably need like acyclovir or whatever. And they looked at me and they said, were you outdoors? recently like did you spend a lot of time outdoors and i said yeah yeah they said were you wearing sunglasses i said no they said well there you've got a bug bite in your eye and now you have conjunctivitis and there are bug bites like all on the side of your neck is are you sure this is shingles 
I said, no. They said, well, you've got bug bites everywhere. So what had happened is I'd gotten a black fly in my eye that bit me on the, you know, in the cornea or whatever. And I had mistaken it for shingles and then it got infected and I needed eye drops. Anyway, um, that's, uh, that was my failure to diagnose myself. I thought, I thought I was being clever. I was like, well, it kind of follows a dermatome. No, those are bug bites. Well, that's the end of today's podcast. It wasn't a real exciting one, but, uh, you know, just, just one of my personal failings, one or two of my personal failings. And then one of my friends failings as well. So we'll, uh, We'll talk again soon. Stay safe. Stay classy. See you later.